0: Hey, listeners, welcome to the Product Hunt Weekly Podcast. This is the podcast where we, your Product Hunt content team, break down the week's tech headlines, talk about the products making waves on the leaderboard, and discuss the ones we love.
1: As a sneak peek, we're going to be uh, talking about how AI is taking center stage at CES. And there's one particular product that I'm really excited about, my dogs wouldn't be very excited about, Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm Aaron. I tend to resound in your inbox if you read the Daily Digest. I'm a chef turned techie, and I've been a partner for just about five years, and I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Sarah.
0: Thanks, Aaron. Well, first of all, I think that's sweet. That's (laughs) because I said lovely. Well, yeah. I mean, you (laughs) could have added a few more adjectives as well.
1: (laughs) I don't want to give you too much of an ego.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. So... I am Sarah. I am the content lead at Product Hunt. I live in Denver, Colorado, but SoCal native. And uh, a little bit about me, I'm a new mom, had a baby earlier this year. So I think that'll potentially reflect in some of the new products that you might see me talking about and liking this year. So um, yeah, let's, uh, let's get into it.
1: Yeah. So, we've been living under a rock for the past week. It's that time of the year again. It happens every single year uh, when the tech world descends upon Las Vegas for uh, the Consumer Electronics Show, uh, or as the world knows it, uh, CES. And no points for guessing AI took center stage. It was already beginning to gain momentum in the run up to last year's event, but this year it's in total full swing. And there has been some seriously cool AI products dropped at CES, one in particular that I'm looking forward to talking about, and I will really, really want to buy, and I hope it actually reaches the market. So the first one that caught my attention is an AI grill. Yeah, you heard that right. It's an AI grill that looks exactly like a toaster, and it's made to make the perfect steak. You can guess how much it costs. If you said $10, no, $50, no, $500, no. Three thousand five hundred dollars for an AI-powered toaster to grill steak. I can't judge it. I've never tried it. I've seen products like this before, just not AI. Um, one of them was from Mitsubishi, the car company that made like a thousand-dollar toaster to cook one slice of toast perfectly. Um, it also gives me Juicero vibes a little bit, but. Yeah, that was an interesting one that came up. I'd love to see it really in action and test it out myself because I've cooked probably thousands of steaks in my life now.
0: This thing looks, by the way, like it looks like a brick, at least in this picture, it looks pretty big. So it's not like, you know, you throw your toaster over in the corner somewhere like this is a big <laughs> piece of machinery for your, your kitchen top.
1: Yeah, I mean, hey. I feel kind of weird even like having a microwave on the counter and that because I don't like I love microwaves but they're so big but this thing is like ginormous and one thing as well that I found myself questioning is how can you make a perfect steak if you can't baste it you have to baste a steak for it to be a perfect steak otherwise it's going to be really really dry so I don't know what solution they're using that as like AI butter injectors or something Uh, (laughs) little needles that come in (laughs) i always feel these kind of things like like this one here are never going to be like a real product it's just something ridiculous enough to get people's attention on the company yeah More.
0: i think that's a that's part of what ces is there are products that are released that are not necessarily meant for consumer consumption it's sort of like the modern day world fair like what is possible or what the the Jetsons future that we imagined could be, but then some of them are. I've definitely seen some stuff that has tried to make it in the consumer space. A little bit too that I should have mentioned in the intro is just that I worked for Beta prior to Product Hunt, BHTA, which... Some of you may recognize we had about 25 stores across the US and they were a place for you to come in and try buy gadgets like this. So like you said, Juicero or the Opal Nugget Ice Machine or all sorts of different sous vide machines, I've seen them try to come to market. And yeah, you know, some of these things are just like fun to play with and other than others have a legitimate place in your kitchen. I don't know about this one. I think what it comes down to is how much better can it really do something that we've done a million times. I think probably the pure chefs just are used to their pan and maybe a thermometer.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it would be for me. And even on the, the sous vide, I can't tell you how many DMs I get about a new sous vide machine, uh, people making sous vide machines. I don't know where people are getting the funding to make so many sous vide machines, <laughs> um, but uh, the market's pretty saturated. Yeah. it's going to be, Just as a warning to anyone looking to get sous vide, it's going to be pretty hard to break in.
0: <laughs> sous vide had a moment a couple of years ago where everyone wanted a sous vide, then everyone was on the air fryer, which yeah, oh God, yeah, yeah. I, it's still it's still pretty hot. People love their air fryer. I think lately there's been a big push around composting. I've seen some new compost bins, but that maybe getting off topic a little bit. But but yeah, I don't know about a, a steak injector. Can it do other things too? Do you know?
1: Oh, I'm pretty sure it's just for steak. Like <laughs> <laughs> hey, you can't put a plantain in there. <laughs> and <grill a> plate. <laughs> From what I know, you can't put a chicken in there. Uh, yeah. you know why right, this thing couldn't
0: even fit a chicken, it's got a specific uh, like toaster slice. What but- if it
1: has this thing like Juicero does? If you remember Jusero had you had to buy the packs and it had like a barcode and scan. What if it's like specific steaks you have to buy with a barcode lasered oh, onto
0: it? Yeah. Well, that would be <laughs> a, a full system, maybe smart on the creators. <laughs> Send it one of one of those subscription boxes of steaks.
1: Um. Yeah, definitely. So moving past robot grilling, another one, which um, actually harks back to the predictions of the future, you had flying cars, you had teleportation, and another one was like hologram communication. So Holobox is a new company that really gives me kind of Star Wars vibes. So it's like, it's a big phone booth kind of contraption and it makes hologram communication in a way a reality it's a two-way system that can display a real-time hologram of whoever you are chatting to the only caveat is the person has to stay in like a really kind of rigid position from what i know not a lot of movements and has to be in like this really specific placement why the nerd in me was like super happy because i think back to like princess leia asking obi-wan kenobi for help um Right. Uh, gave it the same vibe so uh, it's sneak peek into the future I don't know what the price is I can't imagine it's cheap but at least we're getting one of those things that we were promised in Back to the Future yeah these are
0: always really fun even if we're still a little bit away from it being like mm. something that's actually effective I thought about the same thing about um Star Wars I mean it would be really cool if that was possible I'd just love to give it a try
1: I'm still holding out for teleportation that's my main one uh so moving on this is like the most exciting one to me Um, i pronounce it bali because it should be named ball e um and they dropped the ball on that one <laughs> but bali is a smart home ro- robot from samsung Um, it was originally actually announced in 2020 for ces as well um, and it wasn't nearly as cute looking actually but they came with a refresh one It's a little robot, kind of like a bowling ball. If you gave a bowling ball a face, wheels, and an injection of AI, it wanders your home looking for things to do to like make your life easier. So it can feed your dogs. It can interact with smart, smart objects like your lights. It projects your favorite movies onto the wall. It can project a phone call onto the wall. But the main thing is, it's really, really cute. And like, depending on your posture, it will like look up or look down at you. So it's like a dog Looking up at you.
0: I will I loved this. It's so cute. I agree with you, the whole idea that it just turns around and looks up at you. We've seen a lot of different like robots over the time. Like I said, I recall working at at beta. There was like Pepper and you know other different smart ones that could move around and felt very wally-like. There was also a couple years ago, Amazon came up with the drone that would follow you around. Um, yeah yeah
1: that was the scariest thing I've ever seen uh, as a product like if I was a burglar going into the house and that thing started flying towards me I'm gone so it worked yeah (laughs) Yeah,
0: that one gave people major privacy (laughs) ick vibes I think which Amazon tends to do but this one was cool like it was sort of the hologram version of that and
1: the one thing I was just thinking there is Companies, if you want to get around privacy concerns, just make the, ta- the make thing cute. Because the second I saw this, I did not care who is watching right. me. <laughs> I that uh, I would put two in my home, but the Amazon drone thing, no, not a chance.
0: Yeah, it's so cute. Totally different topic, but I've seen references to how Spotify tracks all of our data, but it makes it really cool and interesting because it tells us what music we like at the end of the year yeah yeah, it's what you can get away with by just making something really cute and engaging there has
1: to be a give and take when it it comes to privacy take my data but give me something cute for it yes you wanted to give me another frenchie puppy and put a camera on it but you gave me the frenchie puppy for free yeah fine (laughs) let's go and that's actually one thing my dogs will destroy (laughs) body so i'll never actually be able to get it there's no sign on the price or release date and it kind of dropped off the radar in the, when it was first announced. So uh, I'm not holding much hope. Moving off robots and privacy concerns. Moving on to music and cars, uh, both in the same. So Mercedes AMG, which I actually only found out there's like a few different Mercedes companies for different cars. Uh, but Mercedes AMG is the one behind like the Formula 1 team and like they're really high performance cars. But anyway, they teamed up with... Black Eyed Peas star turned tech entrepreneur, will I am, to launch SoundDrive, which is like an AI powered in-car DJ system that crafts playlists to match your driving style in real time. And I, I just want to say one thing. I actually have a product called Radiant and it does exactly this for cars already um, and has been doing for a while. So I got there first.
0: Oh, I don't know about this product, Aaron. You're going to have to tell me more. When did you launch it?
1: Uh like way before AI was a thing, I think it was like 2019 or like <laughs> 2020. And yeah. uh, me and my co founder, like, we're just doing it for fun. Maybe if I marketed it more, I could have been working with Will. I am, but yeah, it. I saw the demo video for this and it actually looks really cool. It's naturally a lot more advanced than what, what me and my co founder actually created. It's like entirely real time. So, depending how fast you're going, uh, what kind of active you're doing, like if you're turning a corner, if you're going doing a zigzaggy kind of road like you would Switzerland it'll change up the playlist based on that it's actually something I've always wanted as well even like as a kid watching Fast and the Furious and like having music like exactly match almost what uh, what you're doing
0: yeah you just mentioned Fast and the Furious but my head was thinking about Baby Driver if you saw that one oh yes yeah <laughs> and oh my God. yes exactly what I would hope for experience using tech like this just making me feel like super cool and yeah just matches just really great music to what i'm doing the other thing that comes to mind though is that uh, hopefully there's some good like privacy security controls on this because i could see the police tapping into wait a minute this these songs have a really fast beat
1: yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah if if they were driving on the street and they heard bell bottoms or saw it on a screen or something come up like okay i'm pulling that person over (laughs) exactly yeah yeah and finally, sticking to cars, but not music. Um, well, it could be music because it's a voice assist- assistant. Volkswagen, one of the biggest competitors to Mercedes, announced that it's going to start integrating ChatGPT into its car line to upgrade its existing IDA in car in-car voice assistant. There wasn't much demos about this one, exact details about it, but. It's an assistant that can do things like call people, send a text while you're driving, use smart features within a car, change music, all that kind of good stuff.
0: Cool. This is one of those things where people are going to come up with so many cool like use cases of how to use it. And um, I'm going to be excited to see how that sort sort of develops. To date, so far in our homes and our cars, we've only had access to assistants like Siri and Google. <laughs> which we all know have much 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 room for improvement. So the day where I ask my assistant for something and it doesn't just say let me google that for you and actually delivers me something useful is is going to be exciting. So you can see all of the implications of that with implement implementing or adding chat gpt to an assistant yeah. in a car.
1: Yeah, actually and one interesting part I was just thinking about is custom gpt's because we covered the GPT app store today in the news hour. So if you haven't read it, go check it out. But it basically OpenAI, back in November, they launched uh, custom GPTs. You can custom train your own versions chat GPT without having to use code for niche things like hiking, writing, uh, research, things like that. And today they launched the app store for that. So you can download normally for free. Some might be paid uh, custom GPTs. So I'm wondering if you would be able to do that in like a Volkswagen. And I'm wondering how chaotic that could get now.
0: Yeah, I, I think there's a great future potentially for that, like a Volkswagen creating their own GPT. Oh. It's probably going to be pretty similar to uh, other car assistants, but that's where they can probably customize it to what comes they their specific devices or cars. But yeah, this is all coming together. We'll start to see even more of these GPTs being launched right now, the GPT store has featured a few select GPTs, which I thought was interesting. So they have one from All Trails for finding your next trail. They have a research assistant, a code tutor, a book GPT for finding books that you like. So yeah, they'll start featuring more. The All Trails one stuck out to me because I feel like All Trails is really having a moment right now or the last year they also won I think it was like app of the year with the apple store awards and here they are featured in the gpt store so very cool seeing again these just like custom little assistants per product
1: yeah yeah definitely there's like three million of them already out there and it's interesting because for years we've seen companies build their own like assistants to varying degrees of success but with like custom gpts now you could do what volkswagen likely will do is just quickly boot up your own assistant using a gpt yeah as opposed to hard coding your own like it's it's chat gpt so it's likely going to be more reliable than your in-house your in-house operation and it takes less time because you could do it in an afternoon pretty much the infrastructure is already there. It's easy to integrate. So it's an interesting point on I suppose what AI really is. Um I, I kind of see all these like the chatbots and stuff at the start as like a way to showcase AI, but the AI re- itself really is like the back end and what you can do with that. Um and how many industries the back end of AI is going to change.
0: Yeah, that's what makes all of this possible. And maybe soon enough, one day you'll have a product hunt GPT. We've seen a couple community products out there recently, which take advantage of the product on API. But yeah, we basically have the tech now, um, thanks to OpenAI uh, for a lot of this stuff and just the doors wide open this year.
1: Yeah, yeah. Excited, um, Excited, a little bit cautious to see what happens in 2024, but mostly excited. (laughs)
0: <laughs> that reminds me that, I I don't know if you saw this, but Sam Altman, I think it was at the end of the year, so in December, tweeted, what do you want to see next year from, he might have specifically said OpenAI, but what do you want to see in 2024? And I, I didn't really look through the responses, but in a follow-up tweet not long after that, he put, I wasn't expecting so many people to respond with AGI. <laughs> I <laughs> I'm not sure if that's going to be possible in 2024. And it just made me laugh, but yeah, I would also be nervous. I think if AGI was that close, I don't think we're quite quite ready
1: for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, th- I think it's like jumping the gun a little bit saying that you want AGI as well. Uh, I don't think a lot of people have thought what are the potential ramifications of like AGI so soon after getting to such an early point and <laughs> um, I don't think it's something we're like truly equipped to handle just yet.
0: I just wanted to add to for those of you who don't know AGI which I realized we've referenced before is artificial general intelligence so roughly speaking it basically means the artificial intelligence that we see in movies where it can actually think for itself and have autonomy in terms of thinking and being able to create software itself and self-teach itself which right now AI requires us to train it and doesn't have that level of intelligence. So when we talk about AGI, that's what we're talking about.
1: Yeah. Yeah. If it happens, I'm probably the first to go with the way I treat chat GPT. But then again, I have a feeling a lot of people treat chat GPT the same. Um, oh, so- yeah.
0: Yeah. If there was like a Black Mirror episode, like that very first episode where we each have like a rating, that's going to be the future where we have a rating based off of how we treated ChatGPT in the past. Um, So yeah, think about that, what your number would be as you chat with ChatGPT. Golden Kitty Awards. 2023 are coming up. We do this every January. They are the tech awards of the year where you, the community, the techies get to vote on what you think are the top products. And we actually wanted to look back on one of our products from 2022. And basically, Aaron and I were thinking, what about last year's top products? Where are they now? So, because we only have an thirty plus minutes here today, we're just going to look at the top the top products from twenty twenty two, which was Polywork. But Aaron, I won't steal your thunder.
1: Yeah. So if you're not familiar with Polywork, it was launched in September twenty twenty two and was founded by Peter Johnston, who previously founded Calo. So Polywork was initially marketed as a collaboration network. You might have seen it crop up in PodOne. You might have even had a profile. And it was designed to allow anyone to discover opportunities to collaborate with others in their field on things like podcasts, blog posts, and side projects. The way I always kind of saw it was like a much more fun and engaging LinkedIn is the best way I could have described it. And I really enjoy using it. I did it at the time anyway. It won product of the year in the 2022 Golden Kitty Awards. So well done, Polywork. That's a huge achievement. But now we're in 2024. So fast forward a year and a half, two years-ish. It's reinvented itself. So to start with, it raised $28 in Series B funding, led by Andreessen Horowitz. From there, founder and CEO, Peter Johnston, then announced in 2023 that Polywork is pivoting away from the social media aspect and focusing more on being a professional site builder of sorts, with like a focus on self-expression. I mean, a hands up, who has a startup that hasn't pivoted at least a small bit at some point? It's a meme for a reason, <laughs> I guess. Pivots can lead to the greatest iteration yet of uh, what you're what you planning on doing. With that, some original features like the feed got sunsetted. And um, as the team pivoted away from that, like social media aspect and opportunities as well. So the core of the product actually was opportunities. So being able to connect with artists to, like I said, work on a side project that got sunsetted to focus on this site builder and it's like a super expressive site builder so it's kind of lim- limitless it has a really free use kind of grid you have tons of fonts to choose from tons of colors tons of embeds and all that kind of good stuff and it was actually informed by their own user research as well and um, what users makers founders investors general tech employees and creatives what they were missing was this kind of place that's Super expressive and a really easy way to showcase everything that they do and open it up for like clients and coworkers and all that. And then this coincided pretty nicely with the rise of AI. So in November 2023, PolyWork launched PolyWork AI, doubling down on the site builder aspect. So PolyWork AI takes your LinkedIn and it automatically generates a site then that you can then customize to your liking. So you simply paste your LinkedIn profile and it'll generate that personal uh, website in seconds with AI. You can choose from a bunch of different templates. Um, you can customize the layout, customize color, customize the type, and then it's a one click deploy. And you have this new, hopefully beautiful portfolio, right there waiting for you and yeah so polywork is just a case of sometimes you don't always end up where you start going from a professional social network to a site building tool is a massive pivot but so far it looks like polywork is doing well for itself
0: i think that you and i have talked before about just the difficulties of new social networks coming in and trying to compete with the legacy networks that exist and i think that there's been quite a lot of interest in having a LinkedIn competitor come to fruition. And I think that we've seen Polywork, I think even Contra a bit from the past couple of years, come in and and try to take some of that space. But building a social network is really hard. And there's probably just also a question of what do people need? And certainly there's a big interest in these custom professional websites. And we just talked about this that this has just been such an emerging space of helping creators, professionals, makers, founders just be able to launch their websites with ease. And I feel like this polywork pivot even takes it like a step further. It talked about the blow up of text to website generation. And this makes mm. it just so easy that you just throw in your LinkedIn profile. So if you already spent the time creating your LinkedIn profile, then it can just take all of the content from that and generate a new website for you. So it's a clever pivot. And again, probably a lot of companies in this space. So rooting all of them on, it'd be interesting to see which ones emerge as the leaders. But yeah, I really like the, the bit about just being able to drop in your LinkedIn profile and go from there.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think there's like three things they really did well. One is pivoting at the right time. LinkedIn wasn't always as popular as it was, to put it lightly, but it's after really cementing its position in the social media market now. So, and that was just coinciding with Polywork starting off as well. So they were pretty smart to understand where their place will be in the social media game and they made a smart pivot, I feel. They felt they could deploy their resources to something more worthwhile, which is really good for them. The second thing is the actual, like, the high qualityness of it. And when I think website builder until this year, a lot of times is I thought of hard to use because they're kind of overcomplicated and to not actually that great looking <laughs> websites. Mm-hmm. But uh, things like Polywork and Contra, they, Best way I could describe it is they brought in Gen Z design elements. These kind of new, they you got your 3D stuff. You got these really cool fonts. You got this chrome coloring, bright colors, out with the pastels and stuff. So capitalizing on that and positioning yourself well for that kind of emerging workforce and that, those emerging group of founders who really value that kind of stuff was super, super smart. And then the third thing is the prompting situ- situation. It seems like we're in a race to... The bottom of prompting to get the most, who gets the most simple prompt wins. And there's very few that would be more simple than just pasting a link.
0: Yeah. It's sort of a just, yeah, tool for the new generation of just the professional workforce and creative workforce and the tools that they want. I loved all of that about the bright colors. Yeah. Maybe not the stuffy LinkedIn profile (laughs) that that was. (laughs)
1: yeah you, you you got you got to make a site that you'd be proud to show on tiktok or proud to
0: yeah
1: so you're like 15 year old cousin or something
0: right right no um no new times a new roman single page <laughs> pdf yeah. essays here
1: we're, we're done with link clicks we're done we're done with <laughs> one metric you need to follow and it's vibes <laughs> and that's it
0: yeah well, good vibes for PolyWorks. <laughs> We're sending them out.
1: Yeah, sending lots of good vibes to PolyWork. going to see what they launch in 2024.
0: Well, that does it for today. Thanks for tuning in and listening to us talk through CES and Polywork. Uh, There's still more to go. CES is still in full swing. So make sure that you are reading our newsletter, signed up to read the daily digest, or if that's a little bit too daily for you, you can sign up for our weekly digest. Aaron is the writer of that, and we'll be covering more of this and then more of golden kitties products. Also, we're going to have a whole new product of the year soon product of 2023 and all sorts of other cool new, basically the best products of 2023 to dive into. So make sure you tune in next week as we start to go through some of our nominees and in the following weeks while we go through our winners.
1: Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Make sure to tune in next week to hear hear all that. Looking forward to the golden kitties. Thank you all. Bye.
0: Bye.